Good morning. It is a good morning, isn't it? Turn within your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. We're starting off with Ephesians chapter 2. Before we begin, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we enter your presence this morning, we, we do so with humble hearts, recognizing the opportunity and the privilege we have as your children to hear from you. Not from me, Father God, but from you as we spend time in your word. Pray, Father God, that as we read and as we go through what thus saith the Lord, that our hearts and our minds would be open and receptive to hear from you. I pray, Father God, that you would challenge us where we need to be challenged, encourage us where we need to be encouraged, motivate us and we need to be motivated. May our walk, our lives, be lived in a manner that truly brings honor and glory to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. We thank you for the finished work of Christ, what he has done for us, the position he has placed us in, heirs of God, joint heirs with him. Father God, what a glorious position. I pray this morning as we consider that you truly would speak to our hearts. Challenge us where we're at. And maybe be prepared to walk, to move, to do, to be what you have called us to be. In your son's precious name. Amen. The subject in your bulletins would have been the question, how's my walk? How is my walk? And we like to hear, we like to make the statement to some individuals, how's my driving? Um, I just recently did a driving course and needless to say, after being, um, going through that lesson, my driving was not um, always within the confines of the law. It is a challenge sometimes in our country, but not an impossibility. But how is our walk? When persons view us as we go about our daily affairs, when persons view us in our, in our homes as we interact with our children, when persons view us as we deal with one another, husbands and wives, when persons view us on the job, when persons see us behind the wheels of our cars, when persons watch us as we interact, as we go through this season in our country's life, life as we go through this, this season in our world, how is our walk? What are people seeing when they look at us as believers? To walk is a state in which one is living. The walk that we're talking about is not putting one foot in front of the other. But the question is, when people look at us, how are we living? Are we living or walking as Christians 
should walk? Are we acting and behaving as Christians should behave? And the question you may ask yourself, well, well, how am I to behave as a Christian? How am I to behave as a believer in the various relationships and situations that I find myself in? Amazing enough, as we look at the book of Ephesians, Paul had that in mind. Those of you who probably have read Ephesians before, and this morning is not going to be some deep theological message. This is just to encourage us as believers, just to look at God's word and let God's word speak to our hearts. Ephesians was divided into two sections. Paul talked about who we are in Christ, what Christ has secured in his death on the cross. And then he goes over to Ephesians 4 through 6, and he talks about, now, what are we to do with that relationship? So he talks about, first of all, our position, and then he talks about our practice. Based on who we are, based on what God has done through Christ Jesus, the position he has placed us in, what should we now be doing as believers? And it's clear. He says, we are to walk a certain way. In fact, he uses the word walk seven times in the book of Ephesians. He uses it twice in the first section, chapters one through three, and he uses it seven times, five times in the remainder. He says in Ephesians four, verse one, that I am to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. That is how I am to walk. Walk in the manner worthy of the calling. He says in Ephesians 4, 17, you are to walk no longer as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds. So we're to walk differently than the persons who are in the world. He says in Ephesians 5 verse 2, we're to walk in love just as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us. He tells us in Ephesians 5 8, we are to walk as children of light. That's who we are. He tells us finally in Ephesians 5.15, therefore be careful, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Our Lord wants us to be clear as believers, as his children, to know how we are to conduct ourselves in the various spheres of life, how we are to walk. And before we look at our text, our text for this morning, because there are several passages to deal with it, we're going to look at first the first context in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. But before we go there, I want us to lay a foundation. I want to encourage you as we go into that text. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace we have been saved. 
and raised us up with him and seated us with him in, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. That is a message in and of itself. The passage speaks of our previous walk. This is how we used to walk. In times past, we walked as persons who were dead in their trespasses and sins. That's how we formerly walked. That's how we used to walk. That's how we should have used to walk, bad English. Used to. We were dead in our trespasses and sins in which you formally walked. We formally walked according to the course of this world, based on the age and the times and the sins and the transgressions. When we were sinners, when we were dead in our sins and trespasses, that's how we walked. We walked just like everybody else. Do you remember how we went out like everybody else? We dressed like everybody else? We spoke like everybody else? We acted like everybody else? If this was the thing that was in to do, that is what we did. That is how we formally walked. We walked according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. We were disobedient. When our family was doing a study in, 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 in the book of Romans, we were talking about the fact that we were, we were helpless. We were sinners. We were enemies of God. That is how we were. We were. It also says that we live in the lusts of our flesh. Whatever passion or desire that we wanted, we did it. If we saw someone, we went after them. If we wanted it, we did it. We drank it, we ate it, we went after it, we played it, we did it. We walked according to the lust, according to the passion, according to the desires of our flesh. Whatever our flesh wanted, whatever it craved after, that is what we used to do, used to do. We indulged the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Not only did we do what our flesh desired, we used to sit there and we used to ponder on it, think on it, meditate. You remember when, how we used to behave when we were sinners and we thought about that young lady or about that young man? Remember where our minds used to go? Used to. Formerly, we were by nature children of wrath. We were in a position where we were in God's path of wrath. Just like everybody else. But that's how we used to walk. That's how we formally were. Praise God. But there was a word that I learned, a little three-letter word, little conjunction, 
Ooh, but a powerful conjunction. And then it had another three-letter word behind it that was all powerful. But God. That is how we were. That is how we used to live. But we came to a crossroads. But God. It says, but God, who was rich. Rich in mercy. And because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, even though we were dead in our sins, even though we were dead to him, even though we were enemies, even though we were sinners, even though we were ungodly, even though we were helpless, in that condition, God loved us. Loved us. And, and listen to the love. He was rich in mercy. He had great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, what did he do? He made us alive together with Christ. He raised us up with Christ. He seated us with Christ in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is where we are. We used to live like that. But because of Christ and what God has done in him, we are alive, we are seated in heavenly places, and we're looking forward to the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Sunday. That is where we are. We used to walk just like everybody else. But guess what, saints? We're not like everybody else. We have not been called to live like everybody else. We have not been called to speak like everybody else. We are to treat one another like everybody else. We're not to treat our husbands and our wives like everybody else. When you look in the book of Ephesians, in the second half of Ephesians, Paul elaborates on how we are to conduct ourselves, husbands, toward wives, wives toward husbands, parents and children. He tells us how we conduct ourselves on our jobs. He tells us how to deal with the sinner. He tells us how to deal with the brother and sister in Christ. He tells us how we're to relate to one another. And I ask us this question. How's your walk? As you watch me, how's my walk? When you see me take my children out of this building, and you see me on the streets, how's my walk? Am I walking as I should? He says, this is what Christ did for us. We were seated in heavenly places. And why? We're going to jump to verse 10. Because we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, which for good works, God created good works. He prepared them beforehand so that we would walk in them. We are God's crafting, his, his masterpiece, all that he has done for us, created, and he created good works for us to 
to walk in them. You want to know how to walk? You walk in the good works that God has created for us. We have been created. He says in Second Titus chapter 2, verse 14, who gave himself to redeem us from all, unlaw- all every lawless deed and to purify it for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Titus 3.8 says, this is a trustworthy statement and according to these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. And Ephesians 1.4 says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in Love. God created good works for us to walk in. He prepared it beforehand. How are we to walk in those good works? What is that to look like? Let's start off with Ephesians 4.1. Therefore, Paul says, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you, to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, with, all, with which you have been called, with all humility, gentleness, and with patience. How are we to walk? What does our walk look like? How are we to interact with one another? The text says that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. If you said that you were the king of England, if you say that you were some delegate, people would expect you to conduct yourself based on who you are, correct? Would you expect someone who is the king of England to be speaking a certain way? Would you expect that someone who was royalty to be using foul language? Would you expect someone who is royalty to be conducting themselves in a manner contrary to your expectations? Guess what? We are a royal priesthood. Ooh, a holy nation. Peculiar people. We are God's chosen. We are to act that way. Our language, our speech, our conduct should be as one who is holy, one who is called out. We are to conduct ourselves in a manner as God's children who are different, worthy of our calling. We are to conduct ourselves and walk with all humility, realizing our dependence on God, humble, having a true estimate of yourself. It is the opposite of pride not to boast because we realize we are what we are only because of the grace of God. We have nothing to boast of and say, listen, look what I have done. No, no, no. Everything that I am, all that I have, all that I do, everything is because of the grace and the mercy of God. And so as a believer, as a child of God, I walk in a humble manner. I do not walk in a proud manner. It does not mean I should have this false sense of humility sometimes that we have. Oh, poor me. 
Oh, I just don't know, you know. I'm just a... Listen, you are a child of the king. That is who you are. But again, let's do it with humility. Because we are children of the king only because of the grace and the goodness of God. Not because of anything that we have done. And so let's walk in a humble manner. Recognizing who we are and how we got to where we are. We are to walk in humility. We are to walk in gentleness. The word is meekness. It relates to the manner in which we receive injuries. We are to bear them patiently, not to retaliate or seek revenge. We make the statement, you kill my dog, I kill your cat. But guess what? That is how we used to walk. We formally walked like that. And sometimes it's hard. This is the opposite of self-assertion, rudeness, harshness. It it suggests having one's emotions under control. Discipline, self-control. That is who we are. That is how we are to conduct ourselves. We are not like the rest. We're different. It does not suggest weakness. It suggests having your emotions under control. I remember my wife and I were, were listening to a, a marriage study, and a young couple were going through a, a time of, of Lent, fasting. And the gentleman said, you know what, honey, um, one of the things I'm going to give up for Lent is going to be diet. It's the soda that he likes so much. When he went away, he was in a, ho- in a hotel room and he said, Honey, why did I choose to give up the soda that I love so much? He said, And why do I have to give up? Why can't I have just, just, just one vice, man? Just one vice. But guess what? That's not what we've been called to. We've been called to be holy. Be ye holy as I am holy. And so we would like to believe that why can't I just... You know, I got, I got a little problem in my temper. We, we need to deal with that then. We, we need to have self-control. We need to deal with those issues. We are children of the king. We are to conduct ourselves in the manner as children of the king. We are also to be patient, long-suffering, bearing patiently with the faults and the infirmities of others. Because you know what? We are not perfect. And so, yes... There's some individuals that have differing points of view. Some people are not as quick as we are. Some people have different temperaments than we are. You know, you drive behind that person on the road that likes to go 25 miles an hour. We gotta sometimes be patient with the that's you? That's me, Jack? Oh, you're gonna Jack says him. Okay then, we gotta be patient. Patient with the brothers like that, the, the, the 25 mile an hour brothers. But guess what? That's what we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be the ones on the road. Giving them the sign. That's not us. It shouldn't be us. You agree? Boy, you're saying amen. You're saying it's soft, though. Amen? But this is who we are. Patient. Gentle. Showing humility. Humility. 
And it says that we are to show it, showing this tolerance for one another in love. We are to bear with one another. We are to endure one another. We are to support and sustain one another, help one another as they deal with these various trials and difficulties, situations we're going through. We're supposed to be here for one another. Listen, the body of Christ, of all people, we're supposed to be looking out for one another. Isn't it amazing sometimes how we treat one another? Sometimes people don't know. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. How? What does the text say? If ye have love one for another. Are we doing that? Is that how we're walking? Showing love one toward another? Not just showing tolerance for one another, but also as we're supposed to be diligent to make every effort to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This in itself is a message in and of itself, but we're going to quickly look at this. We are to be diligent to make every effort to preserve the unity, the unity that's already there. We are already one in the Spirit, you know. But our job is to preserve that in peace, to get along. We have to preserve that in peace because there is one body, one spirit, just as you were all called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all. He is sovereign. He is through all. He is there. He is in all. He manifests himself in and through us. He is the God, our God and Father. He is. There's only one. There's not multiple spirits and multiple faiths. There's only one faith that we have. We're all one. So if we are all one, why are we acting like, I am my brother. I don't know him. Why are you treating him like that? Why aren't you being humble? Why aren't you being meek? Why aren't you bearing with him? understanding him, forbearing with him, recognizing the challenges he's going through and encouraging him and lifting him up. Why am I not doing that so that we can preserve this unity so men could know that we are Christians. So when we open our mouths and tell people, let me tell you what God has done. Let me tell you what my Jesus has done. What has he done? I don't see any difference. You're just like me. And we wonder sometimes why our testimony is not being received. We are called to good works. We are called to maintain that unity of the Spirit. Guess what? We are all one in the Spirit. No matter your color, no matter your nationality, no matter your gender, slave or free, we are all one. So when I see my brother who's from a different country or different color, I should treat him like all my brothers and sisters in Christ. There should be no difference. We are all one.
I want to conclude with a verse in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. It is profitable for doctrine or for teaching, for reproof, to tell you you're wrong, for correction, to get you right, for instruction, to tell you how to stay on that path in righteousness. Why? That the man of God, the woman of God may be perfect or complete, equipped, as the King James says, furnished unto all good works. So finally, how is our walk? What do we look like when people watch us? And if you want to know how to walk, you got to get in the book. I am always so challenged. And I said, you know when I realized I was driving wrong? When I studied how to drive. How am I going to know if I'm walking right? But sad to say, for a book that is so precious to us, sometimes we spend so little time in it. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works, to walk in them. And this tells us how to walk. So let's get into the book. Let's learn how we're to walk and walk in a manner that is worthy of our calling to the honor and glory of the God who created us, who we are his workmanship, his masterpiece created for good works. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have not left us alone. You have not left us without an answer. You have not left us without directions or instructions. You have shown us in your precious word exactly what you would have for us to do. How you would have for us to walk. Let us walk worthy of our calling. And let us ensure that we continue to study the word of God, your word, so we continue to grow, continue to learn, continue to understand how it is we are to walk in all areas of our lives for your son's sake. Amen.